to the MetaZen cabinet where we get experimental about exploring your potential so you can discover your own values, the manner in which you're here to serve, and align yourself with the only certifiable rescue team you can rely on, yourself. Episode 24, Explore the Possibilities. Welcome to episode 24 and welcome to the medicine cabinet where we get experimental about exploring your potential. In this episode, we will be talking about possibility, y'all, because if you haven't figured out already, I'm a dreamer. And I know dreamers get a a bad rap about dreaming up the biggest ideas. And sometimes a lot of dreamers don't always take action and make the world better. But some of the greatest dreamers have designed our world and built the world that we live in. Everything that exists before you is here because someone dreamed it up. It showed up in someone's imagination. Someone said, what if we had that? What if we invented that? Wouldn't it be cool if we had this or had that? So today we're going to be talking about possibilities and stuff like that. If this is your first time listening with us and joining us for today, I want to say welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, how you doing? How you been? What's going on? And if you're coming back to listen with us and chill with us, you know me, I'm going to say what's up, cuz. I hope you've been good. I hope this uh, December month has been good to you. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving and Christmas is right around the corner. And I hope you are feeling yourself and loving yourself to the best of your ability because I know you're doing the best that you can. In the first segment of this episode, we will be talking about how you get what you expect and you also get what you are. So, you know, we're going to get into that. We're also going to discuss how sometimes it's what you already know, think you know that isn't true and that's getting in your way. So we're going to discuss that. In the second segment, we're going to talk about believing in the dream, believing in the vision, believing in the goal, even when you don't know how you're going to get there, even when you don't know how you're going to connect the dots, even when you don't know how it's going to come together in terms of the different moves and the different steps, step by step, in terms of how you're going to get there and arrive, but how you need to believe and press through anyway. And in the third segment, you know, that's more the philosophical segment we will be talking about, just believing in yourself and how you should go for it no matter what because like Oprah Winfrey said so many of us we lose out and we never get where we want to go because we create this glass ceiling for ourselves and you know I'm never going to get past that point they're never going to promote a black they're never going to allow a black CEO or they're never going to allow you know a gay director or whatever you're creating a ceiling for yourself so hopefully we can crack a lot of those ceilings and help bring you some encouragement and empower you to change up the game because you are in your way and you can do it. You just don't know. And so we're going to switch that up and hopefully kick a little knowledge. Let's jump into it. Anton St. Martin said, dare to dream. If you did not have the capability to make your wildest wishes come true, your mind would not have the capacity to conjure such ideas in the first place. There is no limitation on what you can potentially achieve, except for the limitation you choose to impose on your imagination. What you believe to be possible will always come to pass, to the extent that you deem it possible. It really is as simple as that. When it comes to life, so many of us... You know, it takes a long time for so many of us, myself included, to understand that in this experience, you get what you expect. But the difference is you get what you expect subconsciously on a much deeper level, not on a conscious level in your mind or uh, immediate mind that you use for pretty much 90% of everything that you do on a day-to-day basis. But on a deeper and more subconscious level, you get what you expect. 
every decision, everything that you do and say, every behavior, every action has an intention, whether you know it or not. And everything that you use, action, words, thoughts, they align with an expectation. And your life is pretty much a self-fulfilling prophecy that you call out, that you decide, that you plan, that you just go into, you know, with autopilot, whatever. But you walk into every experience with an intention, whether you set one or not, with an expectation, whether you set one or not. You know, whether you go to the uh, drive-thru to Popeye's or to Burger King and, you know, you get home and realize they didn't put no ketchup in there and you think it's a burger, how could they forget my ketchup or they didn't put the cheese on and, you know, you have the expectation. So many of us get bogged down with expectations and thinking that this is just what life is supposed to be like. For one, so many of us feel like life is supposed to be fair. I feel like most of the people that I know, pretty much everyone that I know, they're held up. They're not able to reach their best or be their best or climb as high as they want to go on the corporate ladder or, you know, open up a business or be as great as they want to be or, you know, go out for this opportunity or that opportunity because they're waiting for life to be fair. They're waiting for well, racist behavior to cease. They're waiting for, you know, homophobic people to act right. They're waiting for, you know, they're just waiting for all types of miracles. They're waiting for all types of things. And we can't say whether they'll come or not, but we can't bet our life on them. Whatever efforts, whatever time that we want to give to creating change and affecting change, that's totally up to you. And you have the right to contribute your time and efforts to any cause. But in expecting life to be fair and expecting people to behave the way that you do and expecting people to talk to you the way that you talk to them and just really expecting you from life or people in general will be and is and always will be a disappointment. So many of us feel like opportunities will just fall in our lap if we want things bad enough, if we just, you know, stew on them at home without taking action or doing anything, anything about them, we'll be able to attract them. We'll be able to just call them out and they'll find us and boom, you know, magic. And life isn't that simple. Again, your intention determines your outcome. If you want to set that tone of thinking that you'll wait around and life will oblige you that way, it's not going to happen. The same way with money, you know, opportunity finds the people that are already creating value, that are already generating good ideas, that have intentions to create value and systems for change and development and growth. You know, the ideas are going to come about and spur you to take action and spur you to be a better person. You're already being the person that you want to be. You're already taking the necessary action to be the person that you want to be. A lot of us have that belief that things will make us happy. Growing up, you know, I saw that thing in my house so much where my mom would buy this, buy that, buy this, buy that, buy this, buy that, buy this, buy that, buy this, and buy that. And she was still unhappy. Most times more than unhappy, you know, just miserable and Sometimes unbearable, and, you know, just, it used to, it just really put that thing in me and it just started, I think a lot of my relationship with money started to get tainted back then because I would see the lengths that they would go through or go to, to buy this car or buy this thing and buy this thing and to pretty much try to replace fulfillment with materialism and you know, many times it was great because we had a beautiful house. Don't get me wrong. You know, we had beautiful homes, beautiful, beautiful homes. You know what I mean? But I saw a lot of that thing of just trying to replace, you know, good old fulfillment and integrity and, you know, life values with just stuff. And stuff is good for decorating your life. You know, you know, things are fun, nice cars, clothes, money, different things are fun. I think they help decorate, you know, life and make life more interesting and dynamic and diverse, but we can't bet everything on stuff. You know, a lot of us become older, we'll be become older people and 
we've set such a high bar for stuff that, you know, again, we don't know how to be happy with ourselves. We don't know how to stand on our own, you know. We are barely paying the rent or keeping our bills on, and we fly first class one time just to try to feel like we're better and we're keeping up with the Joneses. And now we can't appreciate coach anymore because we flew first class and coach is really all that you can afford. And you weren't grateful for that. So it really just comes back to attitude. Anthony Hopkins said, my philosophy is, it's not in my business what people say of me and think of me. I am what I am and I do what I do. I expect nothing and accept everything. And it makes life so much easier. I myself have had to adapt and, you know, and adopt this same understanding, this same idea, because like I said, I've been always been someone that looks for the meaning of everything. And sometimes there isn't some big philosophical deep meaning to something. Sometimes it has a meaning, but it's more a lot more simple. And I'm trying to make it complex. And I can't move on or progress because I'm trying to get to the bottom of something where there really is no depth. It's just simple. And I feel like when it comes to how we approach life with situations big and small, we need to keep things simple. How we create closure and walk away and process things Keep things simple. We feel like we have to treat it like a research paper and cite dozens of sources and create this bibliography of why it must have happened and just, you know, how it inconvenienced you and just this whole thing. Whereas if you just keep it in one sentence and write it down somewhere at best, you're good. Keep moving. You know what I mean? If you broke up with a person, somebody that you've been with for a while, broke up, the season is over. They've taught you all that they need to teach you. And, you know, if there's any more that you need to gather about that, you'll gather that on the road while you're walking, while you're in route. But if you get broken up with and you decide that I'm not going to walk anywhere or whatever like that until I get to the bottom of how this could happen to me, you're coming from a place of ego and you're coming from a place of delusion. And you won't cover as much ground and you won't move as fast because you're making it about you and you're taking it personal when life just strictly came in for you to have an experience. You know, if you haven't had a chance to read Soul Contracts by Carolyn, I cannot think of her name, Carolyn something with the M. I'm going to have to get back to y'all about it, but it just talks about Soul Contracts and how there are certain instances, there are certain people in life that we're designed to meet, that we're destined to meet, that we're destined to spend time with, to be in relationship with, to be friends with, to do business with. There are certain events that are supposed to take place that are part of our purpose, that are that's a part of our design, our map, and all the different things that really just puts things into perspective that there's a much bigger design at play when it comes to our life. And we have to understand that you get what you expect out of life. If you create a glass ceiling somewhere in terms of defining how far you can go or how far you can't go or if that you're going to fail, or you know, you, you know, nine out of 10 people fail starting with the business or 90% of businesses fail within the first five years. Those are facts, but you are your own person. And if you're scared of failure, you shouldn't be discussing business in the first place because whether the business fails or you have the sales is kind of declining from month to month or, you know, the product isn't, you know, as quality as you would like or whatever the issue is, there is going to be adaptation to how, you know, occur that you need to apply on the road when you're around. When it came to starting this podcast, I had that feeling that what if people don't like it? What if people don't listen? What if people don't tune in? What if people just don't F with it? And my thing is, I was making it up, making it personal and I was making it about glory making the experience, the experience being glamorous and that was coming from a place of ego as opposed to trusting the fact that God has had those deep feelings in me and I can feel that he's been wanting to express himself through me with that kind of platform, with that kind of skill and I have to trust that with his touch, with that message, with those whispers, with this deep desire and gut feeling that currency is enough Everything else will take care of itself. 
everything will follow in its proper order. It will happen exactly the way it needs to happen. As long as I'm taking uh, taking action, I will optimize. I will connect dots. The success, any success, big or small, that I gather or create will lead clues. I will connect more dots, and over the course of time, I will change more and more into the person that God had in mind with me taking on this responsibility of starting this podcast. And it's the same way with all of us, where we have to have that sense of responsibility over the feelings that we have, over the goals that we have, over the yearnings and desires that we have. We might feel compelled to want to start a business, you know, for candles. You may want to start a business for, you know, caring for your hair after you get a haircut or after you get, you know, a, a sewing in or something like that, but you're so concerned with the logistics and to a degree, you need to be aware of the risk and do your research, of course, but don't do, don't get caught up in the input where the output isn't happening because so many of, so many of us, we spend so much time consuming that we never get started and we never get any work done. We never learn anything. We're too busy worrying about what other people think. And that's not what it's about. When it comes to chasing and deciding what you want, you have to make a decision and you have to seek it out. You have to be willing to scuff up your knees. You have to be willing to take the journey, burn the midnight oil, and not worry about how you're going to get there. Think about it. K.L. Toth said, powerful words come with powerful intent. Where you have passion, strength, courage, and determination, you can accomplish anything. I've learned that when it comes to chasing your goals or chasing your dreams or chasing whatever it is that you want to chase, it is your words, it is your thoughts, it is your intentions that determine your outcome and where it is that you're going. You know, so many of us get so concerned with the how and how we're going to get there and how is it going to come together. And we spend so much time trying to do God's work that we get sidetracked, that we get distracted, that we get that we procrastinate and that we get negatively influenced. We get talked out of our dreams and we find ourselves spending more time around people who are settling for less, procrastinating, don't know what they want, don't have any goals, you know, not reading any books, not really educating themselves in any capacity, really. And now we're stuck. We're feeling stuck. And we're feeling like, you know, we're feeling entitled, like more should be going on. I should have more going on. You know, I should be driving a Porsche. I should be living in a high-rise building. And the whole shabam. And again, delusion, cut it out. I think one of the most important things that you can do for yourself when it comes to pursuing anything is deciding and determining what success looks like and what failure looks like because success and failure looks different to all of us. You know, if if I'm uh, starting a business, failure to you can mean, you know, I'm not not hitting your monthly quotas on sales, you know, every month and success to you can look like hitting your uh, your, uh, sales quotas every month. But to me, failure can look like uh, the business closing or, you know, not taking action or making poor decisions that can end the business. So, you know, my sense of failure might be a little bit more long-term in the bigger picture of things as opposed to more in the day-to-day. You know, or my idea of success can be when, you know, we've come up on our first year of business, then the second year of business, or, you know, we've hit that fifth year mark and the business has been around five years. We've hit, we are no longer a statistic for businesses that close or that, you know, 95% of businesses that close in the first five years. We all get to define it differently. You know, a lot of times when you're defining failure from yourself, I feel like you should come from a place of just deciding no matter what goes on, I'm not going to stop taking action. I'm not going to stop believing in myself. I refuse to fail and not fail and not like fail like I refuse to make mistakes. I refuse to fail like I refuse to give up this dream. 
God put this thing in my heart. God put this thing in me and it burns brightly. I burn hot. I dream about this thing. I sleep and eat this thing. And I know it's something that I'm supposed to bring. It's something that I'm supposed to do. It's something that's a part of my legacy. It's something that's a part of my package deal with my being here. It's wrapped up in my mission statement. It's connected to me. We're connected to each other. I breathe to do this. So I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know what to what magnitude. I don't know who God is going to send along the way while I'm out here to help, you know, expand the vision or whatever like that. But I'm just trusting and I'm having faith in his word. And with me having faith in his word, nothing else matters. Nothing else can deter me. Nothing else can distract me. There might be things that might test my grit and test my sense of perseverance and my courage and virtue. And that's okay. Those will only be growing pains and signals that I'm getting stronger, that I'm getting better at adapting, that I'm becoming more and more of the person that God intended me to be, to take on this task, to manage and run this dream, to manage and run this business, to be an activist, to be someone that speaks into the hearts and souls of people. Robin McKinley said, there are things you don't want to know that you can do. And so many of us walk around with that fear of being scared of what we're really capable of because we may have to sacrifice something. We may have to stop kicking around whack-ass people. We may have to start eating better. We may have to move. We may have to get a second job. We may have to get a better car. We may have to get a used car. We may have to put off having kids for another year or two. We may have to open up another business. We may have to keep our parents out of our business or people out of our business. We may have to keep our goals and our dreams to ourselves for a good vow until this gets off the ground so we don't risk negative influence or bad advice. The thing that I've learned about people is that we're great whether we want to learn or lie or you know, keep it real about it. We're great at knowing when we bullshit ourselves. And it took me a while to get that thing that I know when I'm bullshitting myself, so I'm naturally to know myself is to know other people. I don't have to know your birthday or who your mom or your dad is or where you come from as a person. None of that is irrelevant when it comes to being able to detect when a person is bullshitting me because I know when I bullshit me and how it makes me feel and how it rubs me emotionally. So I can identify the same patterns when someone else does it. So and being able to do it for yourself, save yourself the time and get to work. Again, you're so focused on how things are going to come together, and that's none of your business. I remember one time being in high school working at uh, Madison Steakhouse, a steakhouse in Illinois, in Burbank, Illinois. And I spent my last on a seven day. If you're from Chicago, you know what that is. But I spent my last on, uh, I spent my last, no, not on a seven day, I spent my last on a one day to get to work, and I didn't know how I was going to get home. And I spent most of my shift panicking about what was going to happen because I started like around, I was going 3 to 11. And I got to work at, you know what I'm saying, like maybe 2.30. And it was going on maybe about 9 o'clock. And I still haven't, I still didn't come up with the money to, you know, how I was going to get on the bus. And like around maybe 10, like maybe almost maybe a little bit before 10 o'clock, I busted a table where somebody vomiting, you know, it's and it was about maybe... 12 people at this table and it was just a big mess there were tons of drinks and tons of food and it was just disgusting you know it was disgusting but I'm a hard worker and no matter where I'm at or what I'm giving myself to uh, giving myself to I give my best I give my all and I busted that table and the guy ended up tipping me $30 and that $30 you know, got me a one, uh, seven, seven day, you know, to get to work too. And was from work for the next week until I got paid and I was able to get, you know, more bus fare and, you know, create that continuity again. It took trust. Back in 2019, when COVID first hit the fan, you know, like I, I lost my job and I had to file for unemployment. And it was just seemed like the worst thing to ever happen to me. But when COVID, COVID happened, I started getting unemployment. There were so many different programs and different things to make sure that people were cared for and that people had all the money that they needed. And y'all, I'm not going to hold you. I've been working for 
almost 18 years and I'm 32 now. I've been working for almost 18 years and I made more money on unemployment than I ever have at any job. And I've made great, exceptional money. You know what I mean? And I just couldn't understand how that was happening. You know what I mean? I, I, got, I, I just, I really can't explain it to y'all, but I've made twice as much on unemployment, you know, when COVID happened than I've ever made. And that thing blew my mind. It still blows my mind. I knew it was a door that God wanted to open up in my mind of, you know, life doesn't have to look this way. You don't have to work 50 or 60 hours a week to make the kind of money that you want to make. You can sit at home not working, making more than you ever have. And that's, that's changed me. I'll never forget that. You know, my first apartment, I was in my first apartment for almost six years and I lost my job quite a few times. I had lots of ups and downs, but in that six years, I never had a savings account. I never had savings. I only had what I got. I lived paycheck to paycheck the whole time. And I, you know, I still don't know how I survived half the time. You know, like I said, I got laid off quite a few times and I had to file for unemployment. But if there was any emergency, situations or circumstances that I had to come out of, come out pocket for, I wouldn't have had that money. You know, if there were any situations, I wouldn't have had that money because I usually only had the money that I kept from that paycheck. But I survived for almost six years that way and I cannot tell you how it happened, but it happened. And I always had that trust and faith that things were going to come together and it was going to figure itself out. And it always did. It always did. I questioned my childhood a lot because it very deeply tested my patience, my self-worth, my sense of belonging, my confidence, my voice, my mental health, and on and on and on and on. But when I reflect on it now, you know, like it was the best thing that ever happened to me, the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, it made me a better man, a better friend, a better partner, activist, light worker, artist, storyteller, philosopher, empath, and on and on and on. It taught me not to be defined. It taught me that life can be complicated, but life can also be a mystery. But life is always and consistently happening for you, happening to support you, happening to teach and guide you, happening to direct and uplift you, to upgrade you. And when you start to program yourself into seeing things that way, you'll find that most times and over all the time, the how does not matter. Just decide that you're going to do it and decide that you're not going to fail. Decide that you're not going to sleep in. Decide what the habits of excellence with fulfilling this responsibility or this goal. Decide what it looks like and don't allow yourself to fall below that standard. Set a standard, keep it there, and not let, don't let yourself slip. And keep elevating. I know we all appreciate a comfort zone. We all appreciate certainty, but it's overrated because life is uncertain and the next second, the next minute is not promised to you. So don't spend your life trying to, I don't want to do this unless it's certain I'm going to be successful, unless it's certain that I'm going to be great at it, unless I'm certain that it's going to rock. Maya Angelou said, you are only free when you realize you belong no place. You belong every place, no place at all. The price is high, but the reward is great. So many of us is trying to, you know, we're trying to find our place to belong and our sense of certainty. We're trying to find our place to belong and how things are going to come together. How I'm going to be able to feed my kids for the next two years or feed my kids or take care of my kids or how I'm going to pay the rent for the next few months when I got to catch five buses and two cabs to get to work. How I'm going to keep it to keep the lights on while I'm trying to get my PhD, take care of my son, and I'm currently pregnant. How I'm going to work, how can I get home to cook dinner for my kids and work a part-time job? Have the faith. You've got to feed the faith. You've had enough experiences, good or bad, to test you and to form what you're, you're capable of and what God is capable of. So do the work and it will come together. Think about it. Jody Picoult said, when you're different, sometimes you don't see the millions of people who accept you for who you are. All you notice is the person who doesn't. 
And I feel like that perception can go a number of different ways, but it all comes back to what we focus on. It requires us to understand that where you send your energy, that thing will grow, that will magnify the awareness, that will magnify the attention, that will magnify everything that occurs with what you give your attention to. And that includes who accepts you or who likes you. And as humans, I know how natural it is. And believe me, I know, you know, I've spent most of my life being a people pleaser and struggling with the disease to please. But I spent a long time worrying about who I didn't fit in with and who I didn't, you know, who I didn't fit in with, who didn't make me feel like I didn't belong, as opposed to focusing on who did. And what I've learned is this, you cannot wait for anyone to dream light your decisions or to agree with your dreams, your goals, the things that you want to do here on this earth. You have to take charge over your life and not ask for permission. Too many of us get help in or waiting for life to be fair. This isn't fair. And how are they going to do that? How are they going to do us like that? And they keep letting this happen and all this other stuff. And you're waiting around for life to be fair. You're waiting around for a certain set of circumstances to come along so you can feel validated as a human. So you can feel validated as a man, as a woman. You know, so you can feel validated as a person of color. So you can feel validated as an employee. Feel validated as, you know, a queer person wherever you're standing. But you cannot wait for that. You have to not ask permission and just ask for what you want and then take it. Because once you ask, if you know, you'll know that the moment you ask or, you know, make it a desire, that the universe will create that thing. Now you just have to will that thing into existence because it's here the whole time. Any desire that you have has been created already. Now you have to summon it forth and bring it forth. When I first started this podcast, I was so excited about it that I was eager to share it with a few close people that are close to me. And when they didn't have the response that I wanted them to have, you know, it threw me off a little bit. But in that moment, I was able to roll over it and allow myself to acknowledge the information that I needed to get. That these aren't the people in which you would share that thing with. They're not bad people. They don't lose any points in your book. They're just not the people that you share that with. You know, maybe for a while you need to make sure that, you know, it's just something that becomes more and more personal to you. Develop your conviction about this podcast so no one can talk you off a ledge or talk you out of it or discourage you or anything like that because people can be so ignorant. There are people who you too old to be doing a podcast or a podcast don't make no money or podcasting some podcast that and these are pretty much people that are looking to exist in a world where that lacks fulfillment that lacks true inner joy that lacks stillness and peace and wonder and I am not that person so you know I had to get to a place where I'm becoming the person that I want to be. I'm becoming the person that my 50-year-old self can be proud of, that my 70-year-old self can be proud of. Eugene C. Onyibo said, your beliefs about yourself often translate into your convictions about yourself. It is different to achieve what you believe is beyond your power. Whether you know it or not, know there are things that you are great at. There are things that you are good at. There are things that you are excellent at. Even if you don't know what they are, Start with the things that come natural to you, the things that stir a passion in you, that stirs up that fire, and nurture those, set goals and accomplish them. Once you get in a place where you can set goals and accomplish them consistently and get better at connecting the dots and setting those goals, you'll find yourself being able to build confidence when you want to. And once you start gathering all those success experiences and even failure experiences in the action that you're taking, you'll find that you'll become more convicted about what it is that you're doing. You know what I mean? I've been doing this podcast since September and I started out doing one episode a week and I worked up to doing two episodes a week. And I never said that I would do two episodes. I just wanted to challenge myself for a while to see what it would feel like to apply a little bit more pressure. And now I cannot imagine existing in space where I don't put out episodes. You have to, there's so many of us that are afraid of failing and getting it wrong. And 
We're going to be the main ones to get older and age into mediocrity and not know what we're doing and, you know, become someone that's in their 50s and 60s and 70s, hoping, you know what I'm saying, hopefully not, but that are still working. You know, you won't be able to actually retire. And I mean, I feel like when you find what it is you're supposed to do, that you don't really retire. And I feel like most of the people, in my opinion, that play up retirement are people that found something to settle for. And, you know, and that's something that they settled for. It was something that became very demanding. So they knew that they would have to create a time in the future where they would have to retire. And I feel like when you find what you truly love, what you're truly destined to do here, what your mission and what your life's design, you know, comes down to, that's not something that you can desire. I mean, uh, resign from. That's not something that you can retire from. That's a part of you. You're here to do that thing until you die. Now, this isn't an exact science. This is merely my opinion. But that's also where I'm coming from. When I tell you to go for whatever it is that you want, you won't always be this young. You won't always be this strong. Your thoughts, your thinking. It won't always be as lightning quick. You know, you can still think and be well on your feet when you get older and, you know, get into your older years. But, you know, if you're in your 20s, your teens, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, like, and even in your 60s, because there are people in their 60s still making things happen, but there's nothing like the present. Take advantage of what's going on right now and get to work. I set a goal that by 35, I will be financially free. Now, we all define financially financial freedom differently. For me, financial freedom is having systems in place financially where I'm no longer paying bills. I have way more assets than liabilities, and I no longer have to use up any mental space to pay bills. So whether that's enough money in investments, everything else that I have going on, all my streams of income, all of those things will facilitate a life in a process where I expend no energy to pay bills. I have order and processes that allow that to be automated very easily with incredible ease. You have to remember, Vincent Mueller said, remember the world will judge you based on how you judge yourself. So if you're sitting out here, living life, doing work, you know what I'm saying, serving jobs and serving in ways that are natural to you, serving in ways that don't appeal to you, then you're out here not being yourself. You're not being yourself. And like I say every time, you know, Robin Sharma says, unexpressed potential turns into, I'm not sure if he said depression or unexpressed potential turns into pain. And so many of us, we get older and older and we think that we're excluded from this situation, but anyone who's living a life where they're not exploring their potential, where they're not expressing their full power and potential as a person, as a human being, you are experiencing pain. You're never happy or satisfied with your life. You're never happy or satisfied with the money that you're making, with the people that you're dating, with the jobs that you're working, the careers that you're working, the place where you live or anything really, because at the bottom line, the bottom line, you know you're not giving your best. You know you're not living your best. You know that you're not playing full out. And you know that you're not moving at the speed that you could actually be moving. Whatever reason it is that you're waiting for, whether you're being friends with crappy people, whether you have crappy people in your circle, whether you're spending too much time doing the things that drain your energy, whether you're working a job that drains your energy to the point where you can't work on your stuff when you get home or when you get off work. These are things and decisions that you have to make. People will continue to pass you by and it's not a competition, but if you're anything like me, you sometimes you just notice that so-and-so's doing a little better, so-and-so's grinding harder, but you don't know what that person's doing. You don't know what chapter of the hustle that person is in when their stuff starts to come to life and it really starts to come together. But if you get into your journey and you get into your book and focus on writing your book, you won't have time to focus or worry about any of that. We usually have extra room to judge others and hop and heap on other people's accomplishments and what they're doing with their life because we don't have enough business ourselves and not only just enough business but enough quality business because 
think a lot of us are still confused with being busy, with being productive. You know, we want distractions. We seek distractions all the time. We'll busy ourselves with some of everything to avoid telling ourselves the truth, to avoid going full out and to avoid going for the things that set our hearts on fire, that make our eyes aglow and that, you know, takes us to the next level. Andrew Matthews said, always speak well of yourself and consistently visualize your life working out as you want it. And that's one thing that I strive to do every day all the time is to speak well of myself. You know, that person or people that you see call themselves dumb. Oh, I'm so dumb. Oh, I'm so stupid. How did I get that? Damn all that. I'm not doing all that. I have to show me that I love me more than anything. And I don't do that talking to myself like that. And so many of us, we have to get into talking to ourselves more, being our own friend. Like I've said before, getting in the mirror and communicating with yourself and telling yourself, I'm proud of you. I forgive you. I love you. You are enough and you are the bomb. It just takes that kind of ingenuity and wisdom to get the best out of yourself, to tap into your greatest performances. And it takes you visualizing where you want your life to go. Where do you want this whole thing to go? You've you've been working this job for 15 years. What's the end game? You know, so many of us get intimidated by thinking about the end game, but you have to ask the real questions because it's your life and you have to go for it because if you don't go for it, you'll work for people who go for it. You'll be surrounded by people who go for it, but more than anything, you'll work for people who go for it and you'll be hired to help them go for it and you won't be paid at all what you're worth. Now, if you're into that, no shade, that's cool. Do your thing, but I know most of y'all aren't. And it's because you, know, you don't know you matter yet, but you do. And as you start to discover how much you matter, you will see the way you move change and the things that you say change 180 degrees. Think about it. And there are the three segments. I want to thank y'all again for sticking in with those three segments and just being a part of this conversation. You know, this is something that I'll discuss and talk about many times over because I love to talk about possibilities. And it's a talent of mine, depending on who you ask, you know. I, I feel like I'm personally pretty good and, and impressive at dreaming up a bigger dream for a person than they can for themselves. You know, when people bring their goals to me or the things they want to accomplish, big or small, I can always find a way to make the dream 10 times as bigger in five seconds. You know, I, <laughs> you know, my partner is uh, a fashion designer and you know, every time, you know, he shows me something that he's created or designed, you know, I'm always quick to come with the questions or, you know, you ever thought about doing this and doing this, or maybe you can do this, do this, do that. And, you know, it could be that thing of, I just want you to see what I got so far and just see where I'm at. And, you know, you're dreaming of this big old goal for this garment or for this thing. And I just wanted to show you this to innocently and you know I've been getting getting better about just not you know meeting him with that because sometimes it can make you know the creating feel a little bit more overwhelming and stressful because you just wanted to create for the hell of it and I did get that I just I'm in love with possibilities I'm in love with what happens when you create consistently or persistently or when you do what you love and I wanted this episode to definitely talk about how you do get what you expect and you get what you are and you don't get what you expect in your conscious mind and your conscious brain you get what you expect in your unconscious mind so you can feel like you believe certain things and that you should be in a certain place by now but you're not because in your subconscious mind you believe something else and there's a conflict somewhere in your life with things that you believe in so like the world operates in a certain way and that conflicts with what you want to happen that conflicts with what you're trying to accomplish and you have to find that conflict and nip that in the bud and it's only something again that you can do but once you free yourself of that burden you will give yourself the green light to soar and excel and go all the way 
in a way that only you can do. So many of us have been let down so many times that our biggest fear is being let down or disappointed again. And the only thing that I want to tell you with that is that you have to really change your attitude towards disappointments and failures. You know, a lot of times life will weave together different narratives and events to detract you from something, to steer you away from things, to stop you from doing things a certain way, to stop you from operating and behaving a certain way. And a lot of times you just have to see the events of life as something that's happening for you to help you and assist you to make the world smoother down the long run. I myself, I had to realize that I can dream up a dream for myself and anybody else with the uh, with the best of them, but... My, my issue before was taking action. I could dream up the biggest dreams, if I'm, but if I'm not taking action and making this shit happen, if I'm not experimenting and being a scientist to explore these hypotheses and these goals to see what's, you know, what's working and what will work and what I should be chasing, then they're just dreams sitting on a shelf, you know, just getting dusty. So one of the greatest things that I've been doing for quite a while now is taking action and making it happen. So dreaming up the big dream, carving out the goals, being specific, making them measurable, giving myself a deadline and seeing them through. It's definitely something that I'm really grateful for when it comes to this podcast because it has changed a lot of who I am already. And I look forward to how it continues to reinvent me and make me more innovative and optimize me for my future and what's to come, the moment that's to come. If you're like me, you'll find that as you set newer and better goals each time, each goal will help your behavior change, will help you change and grow as a person. And if it isn't, you may be setting the wrong goals. You may be chasing the wrong possibilities, but chase things that speak to your heart. Chase things that bring out the passion in you, that make you feel stirred up. And just think about that, because again, it doesn't change until you do. So get started and get on the ball. Anyway... Welcome to the era segment where I challenge you to take action and to take your life to the next level by doing something that you've probably been feeling nervous about doing or just, you know, fulfilling the agreement that you've made with yourself, taking action on a goal that you haven't quite, you know, held yourself accountable for or, you know, pre- applied pressure to. It's time to take action. So the first letter is enchant, meaning to captivate. I mean, meaning to captivate or beguile. Enchant yourself into seeing all the good that can come from chasing that goal or that vision or that dream that you have. So many of us are wired to see all the ways that something can go wrong, to see how things can get messed up and how it can become a disaster. And it's just, I feel like those are immature minds and not mature, immature person, but it's some immaturity there that you have to resolve, you know, in order to be able to go forward and, you know, and persist past any and every obstacle that will show up to test your desire, to test your intentions, to test your grit and perseverance and just to measure how well, how much you really want that thing that you say you want. One of the major problems that I want to solve in the world is knowing that children as young as eight and nine, before they get in high school, understand that they matter. So many of us inherit parents and guardians and family that, you know, we are just raised and we're existing in the middle of their development where they're learning a lot about themselves, who they are as individuals, as parents, as men and women. And, you know, they're learning that they matter. And most parents, I feel, don't know that they matter when they're raised children. So I want to be a part of facilitating the change where we help children that are, you know, as young as seven or eight or nine, and especially kids that are in high school and college and so forth, and letting everyone know that you have a voice, you matter, you're included. When you're at home, you probably don't feel seen or respected, but you are. The next letter, R, ripen. Ripen the skills and all the natural talent that you have so you can be better. You can be your talent, can be more competitive and irresistible. So you can set yourself up to be in the best situation, in the best moment, to, so you can perform at your very best at this stage of the game. So when you get to the next level, you are ready to compete and ready to excel at the best of your ability. Give your all. Allow yourself to ripen your intentions and ripen 
tweaking your goals. Sometimes as you go along, you'll find that this goal needs to be tweaked. This intention needs to be shifted. And, you know, things need to be adjusted along the way. Allow yourself to have that patience to ripen those things as you go along. Ripen. The last letter is A. Abide. Abide by the fact that everyone's not going to support you. Sometimes it's going to be your mom. Sometimes it's going to be your dad. Sometimes it'll be your siblings. Sometimes it'll be the friends you've been friends with for 20, 30, 40 plus years. Sometimes it will be your kids. Sometimes it will be your best friends. Anyone that you can possibly imagine. And they don't even, when I, all I'm going to tell you is not to take it personally. God just put them there so you cannot have them to lean on, so you can trust and love yourself enough to persist. Don't take it personally. So, so many times when we have visions and we have dreams, it's so personal to us because these are dreams we're supposed to birth. And we can't expect people to know the very details about the DNA of our child the way we do. So don't seek clarity. Don't seek validation for your ideas being good. This is something I'm still learning. You have to be able to move and not expect or require people to support you or validate you so you can, you know, for you to move forward with an idea. It just isn't going to happen all the time. And sometimes when we do, it isn't always genuine. They're just trying to tell you what you want to hear so that you're not disappointed. Abide. So there you have it. Enchant ripen and abide i really hope you enjoy this episode and i ask that you subscribe and that you leave a rating that you share these episodes and continue to share this podcast with everyone that you know it means the world to me and i appreciate your continued love and support uh during this time you know i know it's getting around the holidays and all the holidays and all the different things like that and so many of you are still sharing and donating all that you have and i'm most appreciative in the next episode we'll be talking about me myself and i and what that means is pretty much believing in yourself so you don't want to miss that again i want to thank y'all one last time for joining us and hanging out with us in the medicine cabinet Before I go, I want to leave you with this. You are beautiful. You are enough. You are strong and you are tough. Good night.